the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Staffing shortfalls brought on by the coronavirus are plaguing many parts of the U.S. economy this Christmas, with some states being forced to call in National Guard troops to help fill the gaps at hospitals and nursing homes. Governments have taken steps to stem the bleeding across a range of jobs considered essential for society, from truckers and janitors to child care providers and train conductors. But nurses and other workers worry that continued staffing woes will put the public at greater risk and increase burnout and fatigue among their ranks. That's correspondent Ben Thomas reporting. For many Americans, COVID testing has become just as much of part of family gatherings this Christmas as things like gifts and carols. Meanwhile, the U.S. Navy says one of its warships has been forced to pause its deployment to South America because of a coronavirus outbreak on board. This is SRN News. The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410. Or go to learnwithota.com. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox. With devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Following program was pre recorded. Is it his time? Yes! Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Hopefully you're settled in for uh, for a beautiful three day weekend. Uh, if that's true, then awesome. Glad you could be with us. If you're if you're not, if you're still out uh, doing your shopping, driving in the car, you're in luck. I have tips for you today, and it's not where to buy things, and it's not it's not what to, it's it's got nothing to do with it. Although I will send out to you during the show today. I will send out to you on Twitter at pound kbrs our Twitter handle, uh, pound KBRS is how you search for us. Uh, I will send out uh, just a recent piece that's been put out about how to wrap your Christmas gifts. Because as I'll tell you later in the show, wrapping really increases the pleasure of the person receiving the gift. And so this is largely a show today that, that based on some of the things I do uh, in teaching at St. Cloud State. And I know, okay, so let me get this bit out of the way too. I know people will say, but you can't talk about Christmas at a public university, can you? Well, I can and I can't. I use it as an example to talk about something that is actually more important, which when I talk about economics, one of the things I teach is about the development of economies and how initially every economy was based on on what was uh, largely just a gift exchange. I did something for you. I gave you something that you valued, and that made you better off, and you felt happier in return for that. At some time down the road, you would do a similar thing for me. That would make me happier. And, And it wasn't I was giving you this in return for that. It's that I did something for you, and then later on you did something for me. All right, that's a different, it's not really a transaction per se, unless you really want to expand the definition of transaction to something broad. So I would talk to students about gift exchange economies, very primitive economies. And in the process of doing them, I would often, when I teach this course, it would normally be the fall semester that I would teach this course. It was course titled Comparative Economic Systems, and I start with primitives and then move through various stages until I reach uh, both capitalism and socialism and I, I do the isms uh, and so on a little bit but I don't uh, but I like to talk about general economies but the very end of the semester um, usually the last class of the semester I would like to do to go all the way back to gift exchange and then say okay many of you and I wouldn't identify which holiday it was I said but many of you are at a, at a moment in your year where the exchanging of gifts is common, so let's talk about gifts and how one goes about uh, giving away gifts. And this is very different for my students because my students normally think of economists as not being very much fun. And I can, and I'll, we'll have an example for you here because probably the most famous story, Christmas economic story is uh, the title of a book by a, by a professor from the University of Pennsylvania named Joel Waldfogel um, called Scroogeonomics. 
Well, I've never liked how Scrooge gets portrayed. Right? I've never been a big fan of it. And there was a great article written uh, more than a decade ago by by uh, Stephen Landsberg, who is um, one of my very favorite economists, taught at the University of Rochester, um, still lives in the Rochester area. I don't think he's teaching anymore. He's still writing and, and doing research and, and being, being a, a great professor. But one of the things he would always say, okay, Scrooge, about Scrooge is, let's think about what Scrooge is. Scrooge is a guy who could have who could buy tons of things. He was rich. The way Dickens wrote about him, he, he's a rich guy. He could have had lavish parties. He could have bought lots. He could have had lots of light on. He could have the best, the best foods and so on. No, he doesn't do any such thing. He works in darkness because he doesn't want to consume candles and light. He eats gruel or porridge because he doesn't want to spend money on food. Now think about that. The benefit of that would be there's more food for the rest of us. Or in a market economy, when Scrooge decreases his demand for food, the price of food falls and there's more food for the rest of us. Likewise with the light. If he turns down, if he if he doesn't burn candles, the price of candles falls. The question really is is whether or not he saves the money. So, so if we take Scrooge, the Dickens character, versus uh, the Disney character Scrooge McDuck, we have two different types of activities that could happen. Scrooge McDuck would take his coins and stick them in a big room someplace, and 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 just hoard them and then go play with his coins okay this is the this is the caricature of a rich man of a rich man or rich woman but a rich man or rich woman landsberg points out who just leaves the coins under the mattress or in a room in a, in a pr- presumably well fortified room by not spending that money his de- decreased demand now on the other hand Ebenezer, no dummy, and someone in the in, in the business field, right? Remember he and he and Cratchit uh, uh, and and Bob and Marley, not Bob Marley, right? Because Bob Marley, of course, is the is the is the reggae guy. So it's a funny story we tell up here in St. Cloud about that. I'll I'll set that aside. But but Marley and Marley and Scrooge. Marley and Scrooge were business people, and so it's pretty likely that that Ebenezer Scrooge, rather than putting the money in some big building, so in some dark room in the middle of, of his home, which was cold and dark, put the money instead in a bank. Well, that's good, because the money put in the bank increases savings. And increased savings means interest rates fall and makes it easier for somebody else to borrow the money and put it to some productive use. 
Okay, Ebenezer lowers the interest rates. Scrooge McDuck lowers prices, but but each is um, helping their their neighbors out by either making every dollar that the neighbors have stretch further with lower prices, or by making interest rates lower and making it easier for them to borrow money. And so, and so, uh, as uh, as Landsberg writes, and I'm reading this. This was written back in 2004, so don't take this to be something contemporaneous. Savings is philanthropy, Landsberg writes, and because this is both the Christmas season and the season of tax reform, it's worth mentioning that the tax system should recognize as much. If there's a tax deduction for charitable giving, there should be a tax deduction for saving. What you earn and don't spend is your contribution to the world, and it's equally a contribution whether you give it away or squirrel it away. Now, I love this story. I love, I love the insightfulness. Uh, Landsberg, Landsberg's first book, that well, it wasn't his first book, it was the book that made him famous, uh, The Armchair Economist. I know, I know my producer, John, was, is a huge fan of uh, uh, Tom Sowell's Basic Economics, and I, I have conversations with people frequently about, about the wonders of, that, of Sowell's book. And I often turn them to The Armchair Economist, before there was free economics and before there was basic economics, there was armchair. And it was Landsberg's book. It was a book I gave my dad 25 years ago to say, you know, if you really want to understand what it is that, that I spend time telling students about, read this. This is, this is close. And this is back in the day where, where I would have to go buy a book from, uh, from a brick-and-mortar store and wrap it up and send it away. And gave it to him as a gift. Now, what is very interesting about that is is that what I wanted to do is I wanted him to understand that this is this is what your son does when he's talking to classes. I thought this was very a very important thing. I didn't know whether my dad would read the book or not. I don't know that my dad, I didn't know if my dad would like the book. My dad had earned an MBA, so I knew he knew about finance and economics, just like anyone with an MBA would. But he wasn't really in a business field. By this time, he was retired. He had spent most of his life working in a, work, working in a plastics plant um, as a manager. I didn't know. If, that he would like it. But I sent that along anyway. Now, it wasn't a Christmas gift. It wasn't even a birthday gift. I just saw it one day and I said, you know, I should just give that book to Dad. Now, luckily in my case, he liked, he read the book and he liked the book. My dad was a voracious reader. Both my parents, voracious readers. I think that's where we get it from because... My brother and sister and I all have that very same trait. But that is, but I didn't know. And this is the, this is the topic for this hour. We give gifts to each other. In the old days, we gave gifts because it might be our life depended on it. If I didn't give a gift to, 
to the to the strong looking person who lived in the cave one over from me. Maybe when the woolly mammoths come, that that person uh, in the cave over from me wouldn't protect me from being devoured by the woolly mammoth. I don't know if woolly mammoths. Uh, So you gave gifts. Yes, you could call them protection gifts. But that's the nature of gift exchange. If I'm successful in the hunt, I feed my neighbors so that when I'm not successful in the hunt, my neighbors might feed me. Gifts have gone a long way from that, but gifts have been around since, since primitive times. But as we've, di- as we've disconnected gift-giving from the very basic elements of life, we may have also moved away from knowing how it is we give gifts. I've got examples for you coming up, in particular an example from my wife's favorite show, Seinfeld. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show. Merry Christmas from Business 1440. Everybody, this Christmas, all around the world, for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Are you ready right now? Come on. Here we go. Oh, I like it like that. Come on. That's it. All right. Come on. Oh, Christmas presents around the world. Something mighty sweet to see. If only if I just had Present for everyone under one great big Christmas tree. For every boy that wants a brand new toy. For every Johnny that wants a car. For every junior that wants a mobile bike. Right and right and right. Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis. We're standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, Tom Matiny here. Are you thinking of buying your first home? The best place to start is with an easy, no-obligation pre-qualification. Just go to getalonewithtom.com. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all applicants will qualify. Program and property exclusions apply. Other restrictions may apply. NMLS number 6606, equal opportunity lender. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, 
Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. American Underdog, based on the true story of Kurt Warner, who went from stocking grocery store shelves to become an NFL Super Bowl Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, enter the American Underdog sweepstakes for your chance to win a five-day, four-night trip with air for a family of four to Paradisus Cancun in Cancun, Mexico. We're also giving away Fandango four-packs to see American Underdog. Destiny, it belongs to the underdogs. Sign up at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Just click on Fan Club. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show. Merry Christmas to you. So we've dispensed with Scrooge, about whom many people just associate the word humbug, but maybe he's not a humbug. Maybe he's helping maybe he's helping to hold interest rates down and make life easier for the rest of us. And you know when he does it, it's probably better than when the Fed does it. And that's the only time I'm talking about the Fed today. So, the normal thing that we do at Christmas time is, if you're a macroeconomist as I am, okay, at least that's my training, you spend time talking about how big an effect the holiday season, Christmas and and Hanukkah and uh, other other holidays where there's gifts being exchanged, um, you see, you, 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 your conversation always turns to the consumerism of that period and the fact that for most businesses, 30% for, for retailers, 30% of their sales in a year happen during this holiday season within the last five to six weeks of the year. So that's another that's that's a big part of it, and that that when I was um, when I was a baby economist, that studying the size of that seasonal effect was a kind of a big deal. And we now are at the point where, in the United States, the amount of money we spend in the holiday season has grown enough so that it's about nine. We at, people estimated they were going to spend about nine hundred dollars on average. On, on gifts for this holiday season. $900 per person. So that comes out to, that comes out to a pretty hefty number, although on average people actually spend, our guess is, less than the number that people think they do. And that's, that's part of our story today. Normally people expect that they're going to give $900, but they'll spend probably somewhere 
in the neighborhood of $700 to $750. So there's some overestimate. So, so this, this, began, this thought process began right at the very beginning of research in an area called behavioral economics, which is really the sort of the, the convergence of economics and psychology. I admit psychology was not one of my best subjects when I was in when I was in college. I struggled my way to a B that I thought was actually a generous grading of my of my rather uh, lackluster work in that class. I, I, I didn't do well. I never felt felt good about it. But over time, since then, back in the seventies, I've come to realize that I probably like psychology a lot more than you would have known from that class. And one of the ways in which we we do this and we've thought about this psychology is for the following reason. As I mentioned in the beginning segment, there was this there was this point on uh, there there was this um this paper written back in the 1990s. I think it was actually 1993. I'm going to I'm going to I have to go grab the uh, journal and be sure I've got this right. Right, this is 1993, in in December of that year, by a guy named Joel Walfogel, who at that time was at Yale. He's now at the University of Pennsylvania, but at the time, he was at Yale University. And over lunchtime, he had devised an idea to do an experiment. And this is very in the very early days where experimental economics was happening. So what he did was he wanted to give them gifts and say, you know, say, okay, I'm going to buy you a gift, this gift, and, and he would ask them simply to write down what's the value of the gift to you. And then he would take that value and compare it to what he spent on the gift. Every gift was, was $10, uh, was the purchase cost of it. And they would compare those, and then they would say, okay, what... How much how much less value did that person put on it? Now, some gifts were valued more than $10, but more were valued at less. And what, what Walt Fogel's initial um, piece, uh, piece uh, showed that approximately one-third of the value was, in fact, lost. Now, it's... It's clearly it's clearly the case, and in, it's clearly the case that people would go out and look at this experiment and say, "Ah, we sh- we should re- we should uh, replicate this. We should find out if this is really true, or if this is just some weird class at Yale that uh, that uh, Professor Waldfogel had." So it had been repeated time and again. There were lots of other studies, and they all land on this very same point. If you just go out and spend ten dollars on a gift and you give it to and, and you present it to somebody and you, then someone comes along, a researcher comes along and says, "Well, how much do you value that gift?" It comes in somewhere between between about ten percent and a third of the value of the gift. All right. So, so that thought has been there has been there for a while, and and what. What people believed was that this was, in fact, a kind of a negative trade. In a piece that was posted last year at Marginal, Revenue, Marginal Revolution University, which is the website run by 
Tyler Cowen and Alex Tabarek, which do, which uh, is actually like this ma- massive online course in economics that if you like the other things, I, 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 I would tell you to go find Marginal Revolution University. Just Google it. You'll find it immediately. And there's full courses in a variety of, variety of areas of economics that you can take there. And they're quite detailed and they're quite good. But they posted a piece up on the economics of Christmas. And they described this negative trade. And it, and it, and it goes like this. When people buy something for themselves, value is created because the buyer values the good more than it costs the seller to produce. But when people give gifts that aren't wanted, the recipient values the gifts at less than the cost. Gift giving, it can be a kind of negative trade. Well, who's the humbug now? Right? (laughs) This is the economist basically saying when you buy a gift, you're destroying value. It sounds awful, doesn't it? It absolutely does. But this thought isn't, of course, unique to, um, this isn't unique to, uh, uh, that was Tyler Cowen's voice that you heard in that one. It's actually been something that's been around for quite some time, and it's the, it's the four ways in which people spend money, okay, that was a great piece that was in uh, the original Free to Choose by Milton Friedman. And so let's play just a little clip of Milton Friedman describing this same thing. Well, you know, you can spend your own money on yourself. And when you spend your own money on yourself, you're very careful of what you spend it on and you make sure that you get the most for your dollar. You can spend your own money on somebody else. You give gifts to other people. You take people out to dinner. And when you spend your own money on somebody else, you're very careful that you don't spend too much. You try to keep down the amount you spend. But you don't worry very much about what the other fellow is getting from it. You don't pay anything like as much attention to the gifts you buy for other people as to the things you buy for yourself. So that that explains, I, it, in my view, that explains why people will say they're going to spend $900 on, on gifts, you know, for the holiday season. But when they get a deal, that doesn't mean they go out and spend the rest of that $900 to buy an extra gift. They typically put that money back in their pocket instead. So this led in the 1990s to uh, Wald Fogel publishing the book Scroogenomics. And this led to a lot of people deciding to, in fact, decide that, get, that, that giving cash maybe is the right way to go. When we come back, a pretty simple example of that from probably the number one show of the 1990s, Seinfeld, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
Squad radio show airs every Sunday from 11 to noon on The Biz 1440. They address today's mortgage loan process and how to navigate through a highly competitive market. The Bell Squad team with Bell Bank Mortgage is paying it forward and giving back to the community. Experienced lenders with the Bell Squad will talk with local professionals from a variety of industries highlighting local businesses and communities. Join the squad Sundays at 11 a.m. on The Biz 1440. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. Well, we made it through the first 100 days of the new Biden administration. His agenda is taking shape, and like it or not, will impact us. Tune into this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing the implications of Biden's agenda and what it will mean to your bottom line. Alan Mike will share with you what you can do to be prepared or simply be mindful of as we see Biden's economy take shape. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them now at 855-231-6010. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air Force. proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. One of my favorites. Thank you. How do we make Christmas something special this year? You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. And chances are you've already had this issue where you tried to give cash as a gift. And it didn't, you know. And if you argued with them, but I read Professor Walt Fogel's paper. And it says if I don't give you cash... I'm wasting money. It's not a good thing for me to give you something else. That's that's 
where we are in the story right now. As I said, this paper came out in uh, December of 1993 in American Economic Review, which is the which at the time was the only uh, major journal published by the American Economic Association, to which everybody, every economist in the United States, including me, pretty much all of us belong to, and we all read. And so we are all influenced by this, and lots of papers came out and said the same thing. Well, the story uh, shows up in The Economist and in The Wall Street Journal because it was a novel paper um, and something that people could relate to and debate and so on. And it shows up pretty early on in this in the second season of Seinfeld. Um, so let me set this up for you. Um, Seinfeld, okay, so Jerry and Elaine, two of the big characters. And if you're listening to the show and you don't know who Seinfeld is, well, you probably don't get two-thirds of my, my cultural references, so you've probably stopped listening to the show by now. But... <laughs> I think I think it's uh, I, I think it's safe to say. Okay, so Jerry, Jerry is a Jerry and Elaine are 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 longtime friends, and at the beginning of the show, they decide they might want to be more than friends, and so they're trying to figure out how the relationship's going to work. And some of this some of this is um, more in the PG thirteen area, so I'm going to skip that part. Um, but let's just say that they're in that middle where they don't want to give up the friendship and they're kind of afraid to make a commitment to to a romantic relationship. And so they're in that period of trying to work this thing out. And so, and if you want to, if you want to see the show, I believe it's I believe the title of the show is simply the deal. It's in the second season. It's it's early in in the Seinfeld uh, of so um, uh, um, so. It, it, they, so it's Elaine's birthday, and Jerry needs to figure out what to get for a gift. He wants to give her a gift. He wants it to be me. He wants to. He wants to make sure it's something that she'll really value. But on the other hand, he's still trying to make sure that this is a friendship thing and not a not a romantic thing. So play the first Seinfeld clip, please. Maybe you won't like it. Oh, how could I not like it? Of course I like it. You could not like it. Just the fact that you remembered means everything. Of course I remembered. It reminded me every day for two months. <laughs> oh, the card. <laughs> cash? What do you think? You got me cash? Well, that's right. You could go out and get yourself whatever you want. No good? Are you my uncle? Have you ever gotten a gift from an uncle that wasn't cash? And if you got a gift from an uncle that wasn't cash, was it a gift you really liked? So it's it, there's a lot of things at play in this, okay? But it needs that setup. So he's so she's clearly disappointed by receiving cash, and yet we've just read a paper in which we we understand that it's it's uh, an efficient way to give gifts is to give them cash. Right. So. So we have to give. So we're going to give the cash bit instead. And that and so. When she says, are you my uncle? What she's really saying is, don't you know who I am? Don't you don't you know what I'm interested in? Right. 
Meanwhile, Jerry's thinking to himself, I, you know, I just wanted to give you something that was really efficient. You can go get yourself whatever you want. Cash works everywhere. Right? That's why men, men like to pay with cash and women prefer to pay with checks because men go like, hey, cash. You know, there's, a, there's another famous Seinfeld bit where he talks about writing a check in a, in a, in, in a line. It's acting like, hey, I'm going to write on a piece of paper. Will you take this as payment? And, and finds it remarkable. So it's just, it's that same thought process. Cash, it works everywhere. Or as one of my very best friends when I was in grad school, you say, hey, cash offends no one. Well, no. Elaine seems to be rather offended by this. It's difficult to give an efficient gift. Okay? It's, it's you know, and uh, so reading a piece that came out, and I will, I, I, I'm tweeting various pieces to you as we go through the show today. Um, one piece that was written by Tim Harford just, uh, just a few weeks ago in the Financial Times. The efficient presence hypothesis, right? The efficient presence hypothesis works with me, right? The efficient presence hypothesis says most suitable gifts have already been purchased, typically by the recipients who've decided to treat themselves. Okay. Um, he writes, and this happens with me, and it, it's happened with me, where I have gone out and bought a gift for some for somebody, like my wife or my daughter, only to find that they've already bought that very same thing for themselves. Right? I typically I typically set aside one or two things every year, and I say. Or, or I've set this, these aside for all time. I say, I do not buy myself these things. These are the things you can buy me. I do not buy my own socks, and I do not buy it, my I do not buy my own neckties. I will wear just about anything for socks. I will wear just about anything for a necktie. I appreciate them all. You have to be comfortable with the fact that when I receive new ties and new socks. I throw away the old ones, or if they're in good enough shape, I send them off to the Salvation Army store. Right? But that's the way, that's the way this works for me. As if, to, as, as if to make the point home, drive the point home that she's upset about receiving the gift, Kramer walks in to Jerry and Elaine's uh, it's not a gift exchange because it's just Elaine's birthday, and this is a birthday gift, not a Christmas gift, but it equally applies. Let's play clip number two, please. Hey. Oh, Elaine, I'm glad you're here. Stay, stay right here. I'm, I'm going to be right back. Okay. <laughs> oh, what is this? Yeah. You got me something? Yeah, yeah, open. Oh, this. Kramer. Great. You remember when we were standing there and she mentioned it? I made a mental note of it. Well, goody for you. Oh, yes. I'm very sensitive about that. So he's very sensitive about that, which is which is probably the funniest line in the whole routine. Um, by the way, do John, are you a Seinfeld fan at all? Yeah, I enjoy Seinfeld. I haven't seen every single episode, but I enjoy it. Okay. Well, unlike my wife. Who's who? As I say, who watches them it? all. She can, re- yeah, she can recite them. It's just in the same way. I'm an idiot. I can recite 
Star Trek original series. You can, you know, it's one of those. <laughs> You're you know, tricky, huh? Do you, do you remember the Do you remember the the game that named that tune? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard. I've okay, heard where they would tune. you would bid you would bid down the number of notes you they describe a song for you, not naming it or the artist, but they would describe it. And then, and then someone would say, I can name that song in seven notes, six notes, five notes. And they'd bid themselves all the way down, maybe even to one note. <laughs> um, well, I'm that way with Star Trek. I can name <laughs> that show. I can name that show in one sentence. Um, you can play what, if you play the first sentence of any show, I can tell you which season, the title of the show, and maybe the special guest. That's a remarkable gift. Is that a gift? It's not a gift. It's, it's a skill it's, acquired. It's, it, no, it's it's a youth wasted is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, um, so Kramer has observed Elaine admiring a bench, and he goes and buys the bench, and it's what she wants. I don't know that this works all the time. I have walked with my wife through stores, which I find, which I find, I admit, and she knows it, so I'm okay saying this on the air. I find it a painful process. I find shopping generally a painful process, which is why I never want to go buy socks and ties. But she will often say, and she'll look at something, she says, I like this, and then she'll spin on a heel and look at me and say, but don't buy me this for Christmas. Because... I would be provoked, just like Kramer, if I saw my wife like something that I thought I would want, I should buy it for her. And her answer is, just because I looked at it doesn't mean I really want to own it, so don't make a plan from that. Kramer has, in fact, made a leap. We looked at this, we liked it, therefore I want it in my home. I have no idea if the bench is going to fit in Elaine's apartment. I don't know how it's going to be used. And my guess is Kramer doesn't either. But what I do know is he went ahead and bought it. And so now and now that's fine. And so as if to drive the point home, here's one more clip from Seinfeld. So what'd you get her? 182 bucks. Cash? You've got to be kidding. What kind of gift is that? That's like something her uncle would give her. Think where man's glory most begins and ends. And say my glory was I had such a friend. Gates. <laughs> so he's driven home the driven home the point, right? And this is the common point that we should be thinking hard about gifts, and we should be trying to make sure they're really personal and special to them. All right. I will tell you this. I, I will argue that much in the same way as we're terrible at picking investments over time, we're also pretty bad at picking gifts. And I have some evidence to that effect. But there's hope. There's a way to get gifts in a way that isn't, in fact... Uh, uh, in a way that might actually make your 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 family member, your partner, your loved one uh, happier, and we're going to give you all those too here on the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Dad, Granddad, let's, let's make Christmas.
make it a beautiful make this Christmas a lovable The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP fan club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org Pro-Life Across America Educational, non-political and tax deductible A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception Pro-Life Across America The Billboard People What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, we're standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Bills will be Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the gift exchange edition, Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. Thank you for listening, those of you uh, who are who are following along and giving advice on, on Twitter, on gift giving. I appreciate that very much. Uh, 
hopefully listeners, just go to Pound KBRS and you can get that kind of information. Um, one of the things that happens in gift giving, as we saw here, was was here was here was Jerry giving money to Elaine. He is trying really, really hard to make sure it's efficient. And he actually doesn't want it to be something emotional. Think about all those gifts that you see of jewelry that get advertised at this time of the year. All right, are we really spending a lot of time looking at the price? Looking at how much diamond we're buying for the dollar? No. What they sell is the look, usually on a woman's face, receiving jewelry from a man. Okay? That's usually what we have here. So, the way economists initially think about this, and what I think made Walfogel's initial experiment a bit flawed, was that the gift happens among strangers. Let me have, let me have it explained to you from that video that, uh, that uh, Tyler Cowen and, and Alex Tabarak put up at, at Marginal Revolution University, when, where they discuss the two problems in gift giving as being one of knowledge and one of information. But I see two problems with gift-giving, the incentive problem and the knowledge problem. When people buy things for themselves, well, they've got good incentives to choose carefully, and they have good knowledge about their own preferences. But when people give gifts, they have less incentive to choose carefully and less knowledge about what the other person would truly want. So, that's... That's so. The, the, what solves the problem in the Seinfeld story is that for Kramer, who doesn't know Elaine altogether that well, is that they have to be walking together. He sees her admire a bench. He goes back to the store and buys the bench. What is he actually promoting? Is he promoting the bench? He's pro- or is he promoting, in fact, you know, I feel friendship toward you. I'm sentimental toward you, and so I'm going to give you this. Whereas Jerry is trying crazily to not signal the fact that he really wants to have a romantic relationship with her but is afraid of saying so because he doesn't want to lose the friendship that they've shared for many years and so he goes to perhaps the least sentimental thing you can give somebody which is money okay so so they decide that they really don't want to do that instead indeed what happens more often than not, according to brand new research in the Journal of Consumer Psychology, is if we're given the choice between giving sentimentally valuable gifts and gifts that have superficial attributes that match the preferences of, of the recipient, we tend to more often give the gift that has the superficial attributes than the, than the one that has sentimental value. So to the uh, person on Twitter who says, says, well, what's the matter with a distributed list of things you want from Amazon? Well, the problem with that is it's not sentimental. And people want the sentimental choice more often than not. That's why I've always been puzzled by wedding registries. Right? Everyone can see what the gifts are. Everyone can see that they don't have any sentimental value. They typically are things that the couple is saying we need for our house. Right? And 
they, they, they don't represent anything sentimental. So I think, in fact, that wedding gifts are typically a little less desirable than than wedding than these than Christmas gifts that come from a family member that express sentimentality. So as we as we come up here on the you know toward the end of the first half of this show, let me if you do need to go away after this, come back and listen to the to the second hour because I got more tips for you. But let me leave you with this one: if you're buying a gift for someone who's close to you, and the choice is between something they say they really want and something of sentimental value you might want to lean a little bit more toward the sentimental piece than toward that thing which is out there. And that's actually not just based on, on an economist saying so. That's based on, on several consumer psychology studies that have been done over the last decade. You might want to go in that direction instead. More tips for you coming up after this. On the King Banyan Show, Christmas edition on Business 1440. Roast the turkey. Thanks to support from Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, the FishTwinCities.com is spreading joy all season long. King Wenceslas looked down on the feast of Stephen. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Tune in now for the soundtrack of the season, supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Listen in with the free Fish Twin Cities app. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. As we head into the new year, the big question is, will you follow through with the resolutions and goals you make for the coming year? Boy, the last couple years have been a little tough, and probably one of those goals you'd like is to set yourself and your family up for a better 2022. Well, you can do that with a cash-out refinance from United Faith Mortgage. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here, and my friends at United Faith Mortgage can take care of you with a cash-out refinance. A little extra cash in your pocket, redo that loan, and take care of some of those projects you might want to have. Have done. Pay off a little debt. Maybe you want to do a little remodeling or whatever the case may be, you are in control. The great thing about United Faith Mortgage is their direct lender advantage, meaning there's no middleman. And that advantage allows us to get a better rate for you so you can save monthly and lifelong money. And again, United Faith Mortgage will cover your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd normally have to pay up front. Visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vrecka, NMLS number 65233. 
Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you there's more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.